Colleagues, welcome back to the office. It's Steve and welcome to the CPE Today podcast. We're going to get started with our podcast presentation here just in a moment. But before we do, I'd like to share some insight on how you can receive credit for watching today's presentation. There are two options. You can either watch live as it's being recorded through Zoom, more on that here in a moment, or you could be watching or listening on demand wherever you happen to receive content. We distribute our show through YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook, our website, and many other places. Now, if you happen to be watching on demand on your own schedule, after watching or listening to today's class, head on over to cpetoday.com and locate today's course page. Uh, you can find our course code by looking at the footer of the presentation to see the link presented there. And it will also be mentioned throughout the presentation on multiple occasions. After com purchasing today's class, you'll complete a short five question quiz on what was discussed in today's presentation. And upon passing that your certificate for your CPE credits will be automatically generated and available for download. In addition to your purchase, you can also download copies of today's presentation, learning materials. You can ask the presenter questions and more. Now, if you happen to be watching live as it's being recorded through Zoom, your attendance will be confirmed through attendance prompts, which will occur every 12 to 20 minutes and approximately four per hour. They'll pop up automatically. And when a prompt comes up, please choose a response to confirm your attendance. It doesn't actually matter what you choose as long as you choose something as your response will confirm your engagement with our presentation. Attendance prompts might not be announced, so please keep an eye out for them. Now, as long as you've com uh, completed at least 75% of the attendance prompts, you will receive full credit for our presentation. Your completion certificate will be delivered to you by email within two business days of the event. You can always visit cpetoday.com if you have any questions or issues with your certificate. After our presentation today, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, there will be a course evaluation that will automatically pop up. It should take you anywhere from one to three minutes to complete, and your feedback will be used to help us produce better content in the future. Now, if you have any questions or comments throughout the presentation, we'd love to know what they are. Please use the chat or the Q&A functionality to let us know what you think, or if you have any questions on the materials that are being presented. Also, please feel free to share your experience, knowledge, and insight with the class. If you have any technical issues, you can also use that functionality to ask for help. You can always find great content at cpetoday.com. We have a variety of self-study and live courses from all topics, accounting, audit, personal development, Excel, QuickBooks, and more, you name it. Check out cpetoday.com. And the CPE Today podcast is made available Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. And you can always find great content being discussed in that podcast every single week. If you happen to be a new user, listener, viewer of the CPE Today podcast, thank you so much for coming. Welcome. We're ecstatic and happy to have you. How about you get a free credit on us? Use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout to get a free credit for today's class. We're going to go ahead and get started with our presentation here in the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy our presentation. So as we begin with the next section of our presentation, um, just want to check in, see how everybody's doing, see, uh, hopefully you're learning a bunch here, picking up some new tips and tricks and things that you can do. Second half of our presentation, we're really going to go uh, uh, hands-on with respect to Power BI and, and discussing the intention of that tool specifically 
so hopefully you're excited for that as I am. Now, before we dive back in, uh, where we're going to take a little bit more look at Power Query, I'm also going to show you one other tool called Power Pivot, and I'll point out a couple of things that are going to be discussed inside the book for you to take a look at here. I want to address a question that came in. Um, this is coming from Scott. Uh, hey, Steve, I use Power Query. I love the ability to clean up and filter data based off the applied steps. My biggest challenge is that when I've added many steps and I lose track of what to undo or something midstream, is there an easy way to review the details of a particular step so that you can delete or modify it without issues? Sometimes I can simply remove a step, other times it's caused issues. Great question, Scott. Thank you so much for asking that. And uh, let me preface this by saying that uh, Power Query is a, um, it's an incremental tool, meaning every step that you done that you do builds upon the steps before it. So just like Jenga, you remove a little block at the bottom, you could definitely cause your query to tumble just like you can with that, um, just with uh, like the, the Tower of Bricks in, in Jenga. Uh, so if I were to go and, for example, like modify a step here, like in terms of like change type or kind of change the order here, you'll get this thing and it'll say, hey, you sure you want to do this? You're going to insert a step. It could cause other things to break. You're going to definitely want to keep track of that. And sometimes it will break things and sometimes it won't. It just depends on the specific nature of the modification that you're doing. Uh, if you're making modifications that are predicated on the data being in a specific format, for example, like here, if we were splitting and parsing data and we were, we were feeding it into a custom column that was expecting the data to look a specific way, when we... Um, inject a step we have to go and we have to modify that other step that so that it gets the appropriate data that it's looking for so just be aware some of the other big things like changing the column names if it's looking for a specific column name it, it, and you change the name of that column you know later on it's absolutely going to break so scott one of the areas that i end up using a lot is this tool over here called advanced editor from the home ribbon if you click over here this is going to show you the actual underlying code of each step each row represents and each line represents a separate step in this so here's your source and then you know you'll see there are one two three four five six or so uh, transformation steps each of these represent each of those transformation steps. So if you kind of want to like, uh, you're asking like, Hey, can I just see what a step is doing? This is ultimately where, where you're going to go in and kind of review this code. Okay. And unfortunately it is a code based view. So it's going to show you, uh, what to expect in each of these steps, but, um, you could read it. I mean, it's not horrifically technical in terms of how it comes together. Uh, this language is called M the M programming language. So, there are resources and books that you can read that will provide you some of the references with respects to how and where um, these things are calculated. And uh, I will often review, I can write, I, I, although I choose not to because the tool is so effective, I can write some limited uh, M code, which can be really helpful with respect to um, kind of, uh, you know, um, modifying and kind of providing a little bit more specificity or or there's frankly unfortunately um there are unfortunately there are unfortunately um certain things that you have to be able to do inside of the m programming language um so let me see if i can find a resource here okay 
and here is a reference that we could use. That you can kind of go through and learn some of the specifics of how M works. Uh, the cons you know, how it works. Uh, if you come over here to this reference, these are going to be all the different things. So like your split function as an example, uh, that you could, uh, you know, kind of reference in terms of like how these things are going to be uh, broken apart. But usually what I end up doing to di diagnose these things is like over here, like I'll go look up like, what does this do? You know, and then I'll, I'll learn some of the specifics around how that would accomplish. But uh, if you got a big old nasty, you know, complicated Power Query thing, and you need to fix something halfway through, uh, your odds are to replace the existing step or to add a new step. You could try both and just see which one causes less damage. Um, and then ultimately, you're probably going to have to recall several of these steps and then redo them based off of that existing data. From experience, usually inserting a new step it causes less damage than replacing an existing step. So Scott, please let me know if that answers your question. Hopefully I at least points you in the right direction there. And if you got any follow-up on that, happy to address it for you. All right, perfect. Okay, folks, let's stay on top of these polling questions. Just as a reminder here, we've done 15 or so polling questions. We've got to get to 24. Uh, I'm going to try to keep us ahead of the game here. So I'm going to go ahead and pop up one right now. And again, when you hear that ding you know to respond. Okay, so I got one or two other things I want to show you inside of Excel, then we're going to go ahead and flip over here to Power Query. Uh, I'm sorry, over to back to our presentation, talk a little bit about Power BI, and then we're going to go ahead and start to explore some of the cool things that we can do inside of Power BI. Okay, a tool that is useful for you to know is going to be a tool called Power Pivot. Okay, now Power Pivot is a tool that we can use to modify uh, data um, data models inside of Excel. It's also a tool that we can use to import in large quantities of data. Um, is of Excel 2019 forward, it is a standard component of Power um, of, of Excel. Previously, you either needed to have the enterprise version of Excel or the Pro Plus version, and it was a download that you had to add and install. But now if you're running a modern version of Excel, if you come over here to the data tab, you should see this little green guy right here on the far right side that says manage data model. You might even have a ribbon menu for this. These both work the same way. It's just like Power Query, it's gonna pop up a new window here. And with Power Pivot, this is gonna be where we can modify or import in data from other resources. So we're going to go ahead and just do a quick example of what you can do in Power Pivot here. And I'll do a couple of quick pivot tables to show you what you can do. And so from Power Pivot with this open, um, we can import in our data. And it works very similarly to Power Query. Okay. I will point out, if you need to modify data, you're going to want to use Power Query. If your data is pretty much ready to go, coming cleanly from a database, you can do use this get external data option listed. And so from here, we're going to go ahead and choose from database, from access, and we're going to go ahead and point it at the sample files provided. Okay, and uh, why don't we just go up one directory here, and why don't we actually go to chapter four here, and we'll choose this Concoso sales. You could hit this little test button. That's really useful to tell you if there's any issues. That'll become more important as you start working with cloud-based data sets. And we can go ahead and hit next. From here, we can choose either writing a SQL query, um, which is what I would do most of the time because it's a lot more uh, specific in terms of what you work with. 
Um, when you write a SQL statement, it's like, you know, the difference between using a scalpel, you know, which is going to be very precise versus a, uh, you know, a, um, you know, a kitchen knife, which is not going to be as precise. Uh, here's the kitchen knife approach where you can go ahead and choose a list of tables that you'd like to import. And in here, we can go ahead and we can select a single table. We can select multiple tables of what we'd like. We can, uh, for example, filter down to our table. So if we only want to get certain data, we can do so. But for our purposes here, let's go grab all of this and then we're going to go ahead and hit finish. And now it's going to be importing in this data for us to work with. And this process is the same here as it is for Power BI. And it actually works really quickly. As you can see here, we've just imported in uh, 1.7 million rows, 1.9 million rows, 2.2 million records directly into our data set. Okay. And so in the span of like 10 seconds here, we've imported in a gigantic data database. And I'll point out that uh, with respect to this, okay, that 2.2 million rows, that's way bigger than what Excel can natively handle. Uh, but using Power Pivot, using Power Query, we can work with these large data sets and be able to import in large quantities of data quickly, fastly, and efficiently. We're going to go ahead and hit OK. And from Power Query or Power Pivot, there's really not a lot to do here. If you look over here under your design tab, you get a couple options with respect to relationships. More about that here in a minute. Okay. You get a couple of advanced options for measures. A little bit more about that here as well. Down here at the bottom, you'll notice that uh, you've got separate worksheets for every um, data set that you're working with here. Okay. Now, this data, now that you've got it inside of Excel, though, what we end up having to do is that we end up having to have to replace it, relate it to each other. Okay, so in order for us to be able to report on this data, it all has to be related. And the good news is using Power Pivot, we have a much more effective way to be able to import this data in. And we'll come over here and select this diagram view and we can actually see a mapping of how all of these tables relate to each other okay if we scroll out a little bit here uh, we will see that there are several different tables listed now i'm going to do this process a couple of times here uh, we're going to look at it both here in power pivot and then we're also going to look at it in the context of power bi um, but if you've never looked at a view like this before if you've never seen this data relationship mapping before again this is the relationship mapping is the thing I see most people getting messed up on in terms of understanding of how to use databases and how to use uh, these tools. Okay, what I want to draw your attention to is there are thing called fact tables and dimension tables. They're rarely called fact and dim. I've done this so that you have an easy reference. But in a nutshell, you've got data that you want to understand. And those are your facts, sales, cost, payroll. Those are all just factual numbers of what have occurred. DIM stands for dimensional, so how you want to describe that data. And what you ultimately want to do here is you want to map in how all of these different things kind of come together so that you can essentially understand, in this case, sales against these different dimensions. Okay. Now, what you want to do is you want to create a link between these different things. If you remember, I was telling you you've got keys, right? Okay. And in this case, we've got like a date key, and then we also have over here a... Uh, a, uh, a date key as well. And what we want to do here is that we want to tell Excel in this case that this is the same as this. And what we're going to do is we're just going to pick up from one side of this, drag to the other table and drop it. And in doing so, we create a relationship between those two tables. 
and dropping them in here, we will see that it creates a relationship between those two things. And it'll be indicated with a little thin line, a little arrow, an asterisk, and a one. Okay. Now, what this means, there's a couple of things. Okay, first off, it shows us the way and the direction of which the data is going. Good news is it'll figure this out for you. Um, you'll notice on the date side, there's a little one. On the sales side, there's a little asterisk. And what that means is that it is a one-to-many relationship, meaning, okay, a sale will only ever have one date. You wouldn't have a sale that occurred across two dates, but a date can have many sales associated with it. We can also see that the information is flowing from this table to this table. And so we just want to map these two together so that it knows. And we can double click and it'll show us a table representing what those two things are. And it'll show us how those things are mapped together. Okay. Over here, we want to ensure that uh, we get everything mapped up and that everything ultimately has something else mapped to it. So channel key to channel key, promotion key to promotion key, entity key to entity key. Give this a second to pop up. And because we're working with 2.2 million rows of records, it does take a few minutes or a couple seconds to get this thing kind of worked out. All righty. And we're going to go ahead and choose our promotion key here. And we'll drop that promotion key down. Okay, and if we have a table, like we really don't need entity for this specific example that we're going to do here today. If we end up with something that we don't want or uh, something that doesn't really, you know, isn't really particularly useful, you can just remove that one table and you can delete it from that model and it goes away. However, you can't have something hanging out here not connected. Okay, so over here we've got our product and we've got our subcategory product. We need to ensure that every single thing is connected to at least one other thing in the data model. Uh, let me just ask a simple question. Anybody here ever been to like St. Paul, Minnesota or Minneapolis in the winter? You know, um, I do some work up that way, usually in the winter. And uh, one of the things I've come to appreciate about downtown Minneapolis or downtown St. Paul is they got these sky bridges that connect all the different buildings to each other. And you can get from one side of town to the other side of town and never go outside. And in the middle of February, that's a very appreciated thing. And everything's connected to everything else through these tunnels. And that's kind of my... Uh, analogy metaphor that I use to kind of connect and map these different data sets together is that ultimately I want a sky bridge between all these different tables so I can walk between them. So if I want to understand, you know, the sales as it relates to dates and categories, I can do so. Okay. And this is going to become super important as we talk about this in the context of Power uh, BI. Okay. Once everything's mapped together in Power Pivot, once we want to return data here, what we end up doing is we select right here in the home ribbon this pivot table option, and then we can go ahead and we can return our data to a pivot table. And so in this case, I'm going to go ahead and choose cell A1 here. No point creating a whole brand new pivot uh, worksheet on a blank workbook. And you'll notice on the left-hand side, we have all of our tables listed. And then we can go ahead and we can go ahead and choose fax sales. And we can go ahead and maybe pull down our sales amount here to our values. Okay. And you'll see as I start to do these, these numbers populate. So 8,334,537,166. This is all sales. That doesn't really help us. So maybe we want to pull down maybe our subcategories. And we'll pull our subcategory name over here to rows. Okay. And let's go grab our date. And then we'll maybe, for example, pull in our fiscal year. 
And there you go. You've created a pivot table from 2.2 million records and we are utilizing three different tables of data. Okay, now we can create as many pivot tables as we want from that data model and we don't have to recreate all those mappings. So we can come back into our manage data model from our data tab and we can go and create another pivot table. If we drop this down, there's actually a couple of options here. We can choose, for example, chart and table, or we could do two charts, we could do four charts. And what this is doing is it's actually creating a uh, pivot chart, but it's putting things side by side with each other. And so you can kind of create like a little quasi, um, you know, a little quasi uh, um, dashboard in this particular view, if you so desire. So here, I'm going to go and create one over here. Let's pull our fiscal year over this way and let's go grab again. We need something to analyze on. So maybe for this one, we'll go ahead and grab total cost and put this over here to values. And there you go. Here is your total cost uh, as a little quasi dashboard. Okay, we've got our other one over here. We can do the same thing. Maybe with this one we do sales so we can see cost against sales. So we're gonna go ahead and choose our sales amount. Pull that down over here to values. And uh, for this particular one, let's do by promotion. And we're gonna go ahead and choose promotion name. Okay, and then uh, we'll choose for our date over here. We'll choose uh, that same, we'll choose that fiscal, uh, that fiscal year. There you go, okay? And so now let's get rid of this guy. We, using Power Pivot, have created a dashboard from 2.2 million rows uh, in records, in record time, if you'll allow me that, uh, right inside of Excel. And so this is the upper limit of what I would recommend for your business intelligence reporting inside of Excel. You can do more with this. Um, I would encourage you not to though. I would encourage you at this point, if you're starting to do this type of analysis, this is a good time to be able to move over to Power BI. Now there are two other tools inside of Excel that I will mention, but I'm not gonna go through. They are Power View and 3D Maps, okay? If you are interested in this, they are covered in, in depth in the book. You can um, turn these features on by coming over here to the file menu, dropping down to options, from options, selecting add-ins. Let's do that one more time. Options, come on. Okay, and selecting add-ins, okay? And from here, what you're gonna to wanna to enable are going to be enabling uh, Power Map for Excel, okay? And then you're also gonna to wanna to enable Power View for Excel as well. And depending on what version of Excel, uh, it could be in a couple of different places, but um, uh, you're definitely gonna to need to enable these. And I believe even in the newest, newest versions of Excel, I think they've even removed Power View as an option, but Power Map is still there. Uh, there's also this other feature over here called Insert. You'll see Maps listed. This is not the same thing. It's this thing over here. It's 3D Maps. That's where you're going to go find these. Okay. So without further ado, why don't we go ahead and switch over, though, and start to talk a little bit about Power BI and what it is and how it functions, and then we'll do some walkthrough on the specific tool itself. Okay. And I'd love to know, anybody here using... Uh, using uh, Power BI so far? If so, shoot me a chat message. Let me let me know what your experience with Power BI uh, has been. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and do a little bit of intro slides and then we're gonna switch over and then take a look at uh, Power. Uh, and we're gonna go ahead and take a look at uh, um, 
Power BI. Okay. So Kristen writes in, yes, but there's a lot to know to use it effectively. You're correct there. And then Linda writes in, we've moved to Power BI, but we're still in the beginning phases. And I think that's pretty reflective of most organizations. It takes a lot to be able to use this tool effectively. And a lot of people are starting to use it, but uh, are still in the beginning phases of trying to understand what uh, and how this tool functions. Okay. Now, Power BI is Microsoft's business intelligence tool. Uh, it's been around for a number of years. Um, I would say probably going back at least five years, if maybe not longer here. And the real kind of reason is, is that Excel has some natural limitations here. Okay. Excel, you know, in order to be able to participate in dashboard reporting here, well, guess what? You're going to have a license to use Excel. Uh, so it's something you have to pay uh, and get a fee and pay a fee in order to be able to get the license to be able to use this tool. And uh, there are also some capabilities, as I mentioned, Power Pivot, uh, Power View, which has since been deprecated if you're using a new version of this. Uh, and these other tools, I mean, they're, they're increasingly more complex, okay? And frankly, you've got two categories of people. You've got people who author reports and you have people who consume reports. And it's crazy to think that they need a lot of prerequisite knowledge to be able to leverage those tools. But in reality, using that Excel environment, you did. So that's where Power BI came in, right? So Power BI is a desktop tool. It's a mobile web server. It's a mobile uh, app, and it's also a web service as well. And you author the reports using either the cloud service or the Power BI desktop applications. And then once you're ready to share those with other people, you publish them to the Power BI reporting service, and then they have your colleagues would have access to those tools uh, and access that information for their own reporting purposes. Okay, so that's kind of how that would work. Now, what's really cool is that the way they designed this application, uh, the interfaces are nearly identical, um, it, with the exception of the mobile app. The mobile app, you definitely know you're in a mobile app, but the web interface and the desktop interface relatively look and feel the same. And so the authorship environment, whether you're on a Mac or a PC, roughly feels about the same or all. Now, Microsoft also built a number of tools in parallel between Power BI and Excel. I'd like to think, for example, that um, they did this so that people who were using Excel would have an easy transition from one tool to the other. But frankly, I think it's because the tool is really needed in both places, but for different needs. So Excel, for example, we've got pivot tables, pivot charts, Power View, Power Map. You can do cube formulas over here. Excel is still going to be very useful for ledger detailed based reporting. You know, so if I want to use this report, for example, to create huge pivot tables that summarize millions of rows of records and be able to analyze and look at the actual table and tabular data itself, I'm going to use Excel. Power BI, on the other hand, can work with that same data, but it's not really intended to kind of show you big tables of information. It's intended really to kind of show you dashboards and reports. And it's really kind of intended to kind of give you the information necessary to be able to analyze your data effectively, but through visualization purposes. It's not going to be something, although you could, but it would be a really poor experience uh, to be able to um, look at super detailed information. It's just not really... It's not really designed for that, okay? So uh, in terms of the engines behind this, okay, this is where they start to be extremely similar with each other. So the power behind Excel's advanced um, kind of analysis is the same as it is in Power BI. 
Uh, Excel, we use uh, Power Query to be able to extract and to be able to manipulate data, okay? And power, um, and then we use DAX, Data Analysis Expressions, to be able to create calculations and to be able to create calculated columns and measures. In Power BI, it's exactly the same, okay? We use Power Query to import data in, and then we use DAX to be able to create calculated measures and more, okay? Uh, in terms of the development environment, Excel, 99 times out of 100 is going to be running as a desktop app. I will point out they have made a number of enhancements and improvements with respect to making Excel available mobily, to make Excel uh, available on um, mobile devices and more. Mileage will vary. You know, personally, I don't think it's a bad function. I don't think it's a bad uh, experience using, uh, you know, the cloud version or the mobile version of Excel. But Frankly, as an accountant, I want the I want the power. I want the desktop application. That's going to be the tool that I'm going to use. With Power BI, though, I'll point out. I mean, again, the sim, it's a very, very, very similar experience uh, between the desktop environment and the cloud uh, the cloud environment here. Okay. So inside of Excel, we can use this to produce pivot tables, Power View charts. We can do that 3D map. Okay. We use Power Query to access, manipulate, and transform the data. In PowerBI.com and Power BI desktop, we produce dashboards like that we would use using the Excel tool PowerView, which has now been deprecated uh, in the newest versions of Excel. <clears throat> but we also get a lot better choices. And frankly, it's a lot better of an experience for all parties involved. Uh, it's easier to work with, easier to build, easier to manipulate, easier in every, every possible way. Okay. Now we're going to still use Power Query to be able to access, manipulate, and transform our data. Okay. Um, now, we also have the additional benefit with respect to um, Power BI that we can also use this thing called a data gateway to be able to access on-prem data, okay? On-prem data just means data on your computer <clears throat> locally. It's not something that is going to be stored, for example, in the cloud. It is going to be something that is like a local Excel workbook, a local database, something of that nature uh, that you could choose to use. Okay, so it's going to be something that uh, ultimately that uh, gives us access to data, even if it is not present in the underlying um, cloud resources, even if it's something that's in our, our network on our computer in our office, we can be able to access that data directly uh, and bring it into um, our cloud uh, Power BI service and make it available to our staff. Uh, again, really kind of going after here that right once refresh right many approach. And this data gateway tool, in my opinion, is probably the thing that separates Power BI from pretty much everything else on the market. Other tools, for example, will allow you to access cloud, uh, desktop data in the cloud, but almost always they're going to require you to make significant security modifications or changes to be able to get your data out. Power BI, it's a tool that you install on your computer, and then it maps that data from your computer up to the cloud. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on. So why is Excel doing, or why is Microsoft doing this? Well, again, I think Excel and Power BI have very different use cases in terms of what they're designed uh, to be able to do, okay? Uh, the Excel-based approach, okay, that's great because we have a lot of experience, a lot of people using Excel, and these tools are just as useful inside of Excel as they are inside of Power BI. I would tell you um, Excel is a great ledger, detailed-based re review. And if I want to go do some deep analysis, I don't want to use some graphic tool. I want to get to the data itself and be able to manipulate and modify that data directly. Okay. But at the same time, it's not about me. 
um, I'm often working in conjunction with a team of people. And so I need to make this information available to them as well. So Power BI allows you to overcome some of the limitations of Excel, okay? Uh, Excel traditionally has had long development cycles, really changing markets. Users want new features. They want them faster. Excel can't do that. The reason being is that, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the whole world runs on Excel. Every Fortune 500 company uses Excel, whether they acknowledge it or not, in a very meaningful way. Um, I'm willing to bet there's more companies than you believe than not that the entire of their financial reporting is based off of linked Excel workbooks. So we got to be very careful when we modify or add new features to Excel. Okay. Likewise, Excel doesn't really work well with live data. It's gotten a heck of a lot better using Power Query, but still not perfect. Uh, I will also point out that memory becomes a big issue as we start working with larger and larger data sets. With Power Query, we can certainly query large data, but still Excel, especially if you're using the 32-bit version of Excel, not the greatest as it relates to working with big data sets. Likewise, accessing this stuff on the go, you know, accessing big workbooks on mobile devices ain't gonna happen, you know? Um, I like using Excel mobily, like on my on my no, uh, little uh, cell phone here, very sparingly when I am um, uh, out on the road. Nine times out of ten, I want the, the full desktop experience here, and the delivery of BI tools to these older version of Excel isn't going to happen. You know, if you still and thankfully, I mean, hopefully most of us are on Office three sixty five now, but uh, hopefully at this point. Um, you know, people have upgraded, but still we saw the fair number of people who are using older version of Excel or what we end up seeing is just lack of sophistication and literacy on how to actually use the application. Um, so we need something that's a little bit more standalone, you know, and something that is really kind of uh, where you have an authorship environment where you can create these reports and then you have a very simple way of being able to disseminate this information and letting people view these reports. Okay, so enter Power BI Desktop. Okay, you have Power BI Desktop, and then you also have the PowerBI.com, or you'll hear me refer to as the Power BI Service. Okay, the desktop is a standalone application. Okay, 100% free for download, 100% free of use. You can download this without having, having a Microsoft account. Anybody can use it. Okay, it comes in both 32-bit and 64-bits. Let me preface this by saying, what is bits? Okay, 32-bit um, is the legacy way of managing information inside your computer. 64-bit uh, is the contemporary, the modern way. This really comes down to how your computer addresses and uses its memory, okay? If your computer has eight gigabytes of memory, it doesn't really matter what version you use, but if you have a lot of memory, like a 32 gig or even more, like my computer here, I have 128 gigabytes of memory, okay? I have 128 gigs of memory. If I had the 32-bit application, I'd never be able to use more than four gigabytes of memory in Power BI at the time. But since I do a lot of analytics, dashboard reporting, building stuff for other people, I'm often working with data sets that are in the millions. Okay, that 64-bit version allows Power BI to be able to access the full memory allocation of, of my machine. Okay, whenever possible, you want to utilize the 64-bit version of any application because it's going to allow your computer, uh, that application, to use the full breadth and depth of the um, memory on that particular machine. Okay, now the only reason you would want to use the 32-bit version is if you have a driver, an ODBC driver, or you happen to be using the 32-bit version of, of Excel, then it makes sense to use a 32-bit version. But if you have any flexibility over this, 100% of the time, use that 64-bit, okay? Now, Power BI does not require you to use Excel. 
it's certainly nice to have, but it is not a requirement to use Excel. You don't have to have a license for Excel or anything else like that. And using the desktop version, you can produce interactive dashboards from either data on your machine or data up in the cloud and vice versa. So you can incorporate both local as well as cloud data. So if you just wanted to create dashboards for your own purposes, go nuts. Use the Power BI desktop application. You can create your own reports and it won't cost you a penny ever. Okay. Now, when Power BI creates a file, its file format is called a PIBX file, PBIX. Okay. Just like Excel has XLSX, Word has Docs, DOCX, Power BI is PIBX, PBIX. And you could share those files with other people as well. Now, ideally, what you end up doing with Power BI, though, is you author the reports using the Power BI desktop tool, but then you publish them to the Power BI service for other people to be able to consume. Okay. And so that's really kind of the big differences between um, those are some of the big distinguishing characteristics of, uh, of the Power BI desktop. Okay, I've got a little summary slide here. When to use the 32-bit version? Really, just you're using other 32-bit application, 32-bit OBC drivers. Use the 64-bit really anytime else. But it's fan it's absolutely required when you're working with big data sets. That's the big distinguishing characteristic. Now, the Power BI desktop, 100% free. The Power BI service for individual use, free as well. Um, however, if you're looking to use the pro version, well, that's going to cost you about 10 bucks per user per month us. Okay. And for that 999, really what you're getting the ability to be able to do, there's lots of features that come with it, but the big ability is sharing reports. So if I want to author a report, publish it, and then let, you know, Linda or Kristen or Scott be able to consume that information, be able to watch that those dashboards, well, they have to pay for a license and a pro license. And that's really where they get you is the second you want to be able to share this with other people. Again, if you're creating this for your own purpose, go nuts won't cost you a penny. Okay. Now, I will point out the Power BI Pro license does not require a 365 or an Excel license. You can buy this 100% standalone. But I will also point out if you are using 365, the licensing for this is just bonehead simple. You go into your 365 admin tool, you give yourself a license, and you're good to go. You can just use it. And it's as simple as just changing it inside of your admin account for 365. Now, provides some functionality here, powerbi.com and Power BI desktop development environment. You can publish Power BI reports and then convert them to dashboards for other people to be able to use. You can create versions for optimized for mobile devices. You can utilize some of their AI tools, including the questions and natural, natural language processing for reports. Uh, you can also do stuff called RLS, row level security, and more. Okay. Now, if you're using PowerBI.com, a subscription is required to author and consume content on that. Desktop, not required, okay? An organization email account is going to be required to register. You cannot sign up using a Gmail, Yahoo, okay? And uh, I will point out that even your Gov addresses are still supported. Okay, comparing these two things side by side, the free version and the paid version, for the most part, they're identical with each other. There are some limitations we should know. Uh, data capacity limitations, one gigabyte, Power BI Pro, it's 10 gigabytes. And we can see here, otherwise, you know, the ability to be able to create author and desk reports 100% supported both between the free and the paid uh, and the paid version. Where they get you, again, is really going to be on that collaboration side of it. And that's really where I found that... Uh, that they get you in terms of being able to, um, why you might want to pay for that. Okay. So in the free version, 
you can't share this with other people. Okay. You can create it. You can see it. But the second you want to share this with other folks, guess what? You're not going to be able to do so. Uh, that's really where the paid version of this uh, really kind of kicks in. Also, the other thing that they get you on is going to be the data refresh. Okay. So what do I mean by this? Well, Power BI is a write once refresh many. Okay. Meaning you create the report, you author the report, you push the report out, it'll just update. Okay. Uh, however, with the free version, you're going to get limited to periodic updates daily. Okay. So meaning your reports will update once a day. With the paid version, they update more frequently, hourly. Okay. Um, as you start talking about larger and larger data sets, you can get 10,000 rows an hour. The other one, you're going to get a million rows an hour. And with the million, or with the paid version, you can also consume uh, live data sources using a different method of querying, as we call direct querying. There's import and there's direct query, uh, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on here. Now, Power BI also provides access to your mobile devices too. Okay. Also, this is included. So it's just something else you get here. Okay, there's a Power BI app for Windows. There's a Power BI app for I, uh, from iOS in the App Store. Uh, however, there is currently no Android app available. Okay, and you don't author reports using the mobile app here. You really just consume the information presented um, on these um, services. You can consume them directly on your mobile device. Uh, so you're not going to really author reports here. You're really just going to use this as a way of being able to consume information on those reports. Okay, and it's going to be limited compared to what you're going to get on the desktop environment. It's not going to have as much. Um, I will point out they're adding new stuff all the time, though. So definitely something to be on the lookout for. And the look and feel and experience of this, pretty nice. I mean, frankly, it's a useful and effective tool to be able to consider operating and working with. So uh, I don't particularly think you'll have really kind of any, any problems Um you know, utilizing it. I've done so many different analyses over the years that I think uh, it's a really, really kind of nifty tool and probably my overall favorite tool with respect to being able to uh, operate with and creating dashboards and graphs and all different types of stuff uh, with this. Alrighty. So without further ado, why don't we go ahead and switch over and take a look and kind of take a journey here through that Power BI service. Alrighty. So we are here in the Power BI desktop application. And I wanna quickly set the scene here and then we're gonna go ahead and talk through some different things that you could choose to do inside of this application, okay? so. It should look and feel like most of the other Microsoft Office applications, right? You've got your ribbon interface, lots of things that you would expect with the ribbon that you can do inside of uh, Office, like moving the ribbon, adjusting the ribbon, adjusting your menus, where things are located. They all look and feel and act just like really kind of anything else inside of Office. So the one of the big reasons why I recommending this, why I recommend this product first and foremost is the fact that it's very approachable. It's not having to learn a whole new, completely different interface uh, compared to uh, like Tableau or Click or anything else out there. Okay. Now up here in the ribbon, you'll notice the ribbon is relatively simple. Under our home tab here, we've got right here, smack dab in the middle, power query. And this is gonna be where we're gonna start and start to access our day, okay? Um, 
I will point out that Power BI is not an authorship tool. What do I mean by that? It's not a tool that you're going to go ahead and you're going to create data in. This is not like Excel where you can just start going nuts and, you know, creating a spreadsheet and tables and uh, rows and columns and start authoring your information. Power BI is a reporting tool. So if you start going to look like, hey, where's the spreadsheet side of this? It's not there. And as such, the opportunities for kind of creating information inside this application are really limited. It's really intended to, for us to be able to pull down data from these other sources. Now over here, um, as we start to look through our ribbons, there's uh, a ribbon for our insert. This is how we're going to create visuals, some of our AI visuals as well, implementing information from our power platform. We can add other elements to our, our reports, including uh, text boxes, shapes, images, and more. And we're also going to have certain menus that are going to be for certain aspects of the application, like the model view, uh, which is going to be our view for working and manipulating and modifying our data. And that'll become more important a little bit later on. We also have our view. This is going to be where we can create optimized layouts for like mobile phones. So if we want to create reports that we know the CEO is going to be looking at while doing a quick 18 with his uh uh, you know, with the maybe a key client or vendor, we can create something that's optimized for uh, that user's mobile device as well, or we can optimize it for desktop. Good news is if you optimize it for your desktop, nine times out of 10, it's going to look completely fine on a mobile device. Okay. And we can also adjust and add different panes like bookmarks. We can add sections to this. We can analyze the performance of our workbooks and more. Okay, so the ribbon up here, relatively simple interface with respect to what is included in the actual application itself. Okay, now the next thing I want to draw your attention to is down here. Okay, you'll see it says page one. Your reports can be multiple uh, pages in this. You can create, you know, just like a workbook and have several worksheets inside of it, a uh, Power BI desktop, uh, sorry, Power BI file can have multiple pages inside of it. And I would encourage you to not try to, you know, kind of put everything on one page, but rather, you know, kind of get uh, multiple pages. And, and instead of trying to get everything to fit in one place, you know, you can um, uh, create multiple pages. So maybe you have one for sales, maybe you have one for operations, cost, payroll, expenses, and you can let the user kind of flip between these things as needed. Okay, the next thing over here is going to be the different views. And there's three views. There is the report view, there is going to be the data view, and then there is going to be the model view. And all three of these views are super important depending on what you're working with and how you're operating here uh, because they all have major implications on how uh, the data is ultimately going to be viewed and calculated inside of Excel, inside of uh, Power BI. Okay, and often people want to start with just the report view here first without kind of going through and, you know, working through the uh, the relationships and the other components of this that are, I think, are really kind of necessary and needed. And in fact, we're going to start off here with this model view, and then we're going to go ahead and go into our data view, and then we're going to go ahead into our report view as well. Okay. So the first things first, when you're getting started with Power BI, you got to get your data in here. As I mentioned, it's not an authorship tool. It's a tool that you've got to use um, to learn from your data. But ultimately, you got to get your data in from somewhere. Now, that's going to come from Power Query. Okay. So from the home ribbon, you'll see this data work group here. And just like in Power Query, your most commonly used applications and data sources are going to be listed right up on top. Um, but if we actually click over here to get data and we click it, don't click the drop down, but actually click it, it will pop up a 
window here that will show you all the different data sources that you can use inside of Power Query. And everything supported in the Excel version of Power Query is supported in the Power BI. Uh, but I'll point out there's some additional Power BI resources in here that work above and beyond the um, Excel versions. There's additional stuff in here that you can do that's pretty, that's pretty nifty. So if we click over here to all, we can browse all the different connectors that are listed. Uh, and they've also kind of broke it down in, in a couple of different places as well. So if we select file here, these should look relatively the same. They are, okay? Uh, whether it be an Excel file, a text file, SharePoint folder, or whatever. Okay, databases. Not only are all of our uh, databases that were in Excel supported, but I'll also point out there are several additional databases that are supported as well. Uh, we've got Amazon Athena. We've got Dreamo. We've got all these other tools, MariaDB and others that we could potentially use to pull our data in. Uh, what's kind of cool about this is if the data lives on the web, Power BI can be able to pull that data down directly without really, really kind of any fuss or muss or anything else that goes along with it, okay? And with respect to these, we're gonna take a look at a couple of examples and I've got a, a cloud database that we can actually try as well. Uh, we could pull down this data right from the web. Okay, we can come over here to other and from other, you're actually gonna find not only all the stuff that we have inside of Excel, but you're also gonna find a bunch of other tools that are super useful for you to be able to consider using. Uh, maybe you're using BQE Core, which is a time and billing solution. Pretty useful tool, okay? Maybe you're using, for example, Google Sheets and you've got just some data inside your organization that's stored inside of a Google Sheet. Uh, which is Google's uh, spreadsheeting application. Maybe you're, for example, wanting to pull data down from SurveyMonkey, or you wanna pull data down from really kind of any other tool. If you come over here to all, there's actually several different major enterprise solutions that are supported in here. And if I search for QuickBooks even, we can pull down this data directly from QuickBooks. And what's nice about this is that they will, they have built the connector directly to Intuit's QuickBooks or to MySQL or to Google Sheets or to any of these products. They've taken care of all the data integration sharing work so that you don't have to do any of that yourself. And uh, this has made the ability to be able to kind of mash up reports coming from multiple different resources really fast, efficient, and easy. Let me just show you as an example here. We can go ahead and select QuickBooks, click QuickBooks OK. Okay, it'll tell you it's a preview connector, but I will point out that it's been a preview connector for like four years, so I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And for these cloud-based tools, it's gonna go ahead and log you in to QuickBooks. I've already done this, so it's already got my data. Ooh, looks like I uh, need to provide a new set of credentials. All we have to do here is click this sign-in. It's gonna pop up, in this case, Intuit, and we can log in with our Intuit account, and now, uh, instantly that information from, in this case, um, QBO would be instantly available to us. Give me Thank you so much for attending our presentation and podcast for today. As a reminder, you can check out cpetoday.com for all your continuing education needs. We have courses on every topic you can think of from accounting to audit to ethics and regulation and more. Everything you need to know to stay relevant, current, and up-to-date with the profession. Again, check out cpetoday.com. If you're a new watcher or listener to the CPE Today podcast, again, we offer you a free course and a free credit for you to try our services. Pick the podcast of your choosing and use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout to make that purchase free.
If you enjoyed our presentation, please consider connecting with us on social media and let us know what you think. You can find us just about everywhere at CPE Today, uh, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more. And please consider subscribing to us wherever you happen to receive your content. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and others. We'd love for you to leave a review and let us know what you think. It helps new listeners and watchers find our course and content. Thank you so much for your time and attention. Thank you for being in the office, and we look forward to seeing you back here soon. Take care.